0: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot bot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: welcome everybody to this week's exciting episode. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's what we got at the moment.
1: <laughs> Improvisational skills, you know. Um, Josh, you are quite well travelled, are you not? Yes! Yeah, I've been to a few countries. You've been all over the United States. Yeah. You've been to Australia. You've been like the Caribbean yeah. and that. Have Europe, you... yeah. Europe, yeah. Fair few places, yeah. Have you ever been to New Jersey in the United States?
2: No, I've been to New York. That's the closest to. New Jersey. Yeah, it's, yeah close. Isn't it? Yeah. You
1: know, New Yorkers and New Jerseys hate each other, don't they? I think so. Well, go judging by How I Met Your Mother, oh, right. uh, that TV series, because they class themselves as New Yorkers, don't they? And they're yeah. Like, I hate New Jersey. I hate it. Um, <laughs> but that, New Jersey is where our story is set today. New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. Um, uh, particularly in uh, an area called the Pine Barrens. Oh in a lovely little foresty region Nice um, And if you'd spent some time In the Pine Barrens mm-hmm. Around about the late 1980s You might have come across A, a little photocopied pamphlet mm. That might have been left On a coffee table in a coffee shop Or in a magazine rack Or even as a, like a leaflet in a newspaper Or something like that Okay Just a pamphlet. Yeah, just a pamphlet. And at the top of the pamphlet, the title read, Ong's Hat, Gateway to the Dimensions. Okay. Is that perking your interest? You've tickled my teats. Yeah. Well, it certainly would. Uh, And it followed up with a short little paragraph saying, you would not be reading this article... If you had not already penetrated halfway to the Institute of Chaos Studies, you have been searching for us without knowing it. Hmm. Now that's quite a tantalising little (laughs) statement, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's the chaos bit that throws me off.
1: Okay, so this this pamphlet was published by an amalgamation of two groups of people the Institute of Chaos Studies, obviously, and another group called the Moorish Science Ashram. The Moorish... Moorish uh, Science Ashram, yes. Okay.
2: Oh, not Moorish as in, like, that food is Moorish. I want more. It's pretty much spelt that <laughs> way, yeah. <laughs> I want more science. <laughs>
1: right. More science. Yeah, so the Moorish Science Ashram, ashram was a, a commune that was started in 1978. Okay. Okay. At a place called Ong's Hat. And that's the name of the place. It's 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 it, Well, it used to be just a small little hamlet. If you went back into the like the 1800s, I think around about 1860, it got to its most vibrant and its most lively. Um, because uh, it, it was sort of tucked up out of the way, you know, there was a lot of like bootlegged alcohol, because uh, uh, oh, you know, moonshine, sort of yeah, yeah, that sort of thing going on there. Uh, and, and all it was was just a small hamlet, a collection of huts and barns and whatnot, just wooden huts. Um, where just a few people lived, a handful of people. Obviously, by the time it got to 1978, the place had just been abandoned. It was a deserted. And there was little more than just a single hut or shack left mm-hmm. there. Um, but the guy called Wally Fard, who created the Moorish Iron uh, Science tra- Ashram, <laughs> why is that so hard to say? Moorish Science Ashram. Um, yeah, he uh, Wally Fard invented that or, or founded it. And it was a, a little commune that he made up for him and his disciples. Now, Wally Fard was actually like a carpet salesman. (laughs) Right. But he had been all over the Middle East and the Far East uh, buying and selling exotic carpets. And while he was out there, he was sort of studying their belief systems, you know, their their meditations and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. He studied like Tantra and, you know, loads of stuff like that. He travelled all over the place. Buying and selling carpets. And he obviously did fairly well at it. Mm -hmm. Because, um, obviously, in 1978, when he headed back to the United States, he found this little area in in the Pine Barrens that he said he felt it had really good spiritual rhythms. Spiritual rhythms? Yeah, there's some good chi or something in there, you know? Okay. in, In this area. And he was actually able to purchase... 200 acres of this Pine Barrens forest land.
2: He must have been one hell of a carpet salesman.
1: Well, Turkish rugs ain't cheap, are they? No,
2: true, yeah. And they do look pretty.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think that 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 was what his speciality had been, was maybe importing them or something like that. I, I, I don't know if my research didn't really tell me that. But yeah, he, he managed to purchase 200 acres of this lovely forest woodland, and as it would have it, Ong's hat was in that 200 acres. Obviously, by this point, you know, it was mostly just derelict. There was only sort of one little building that he could really use. But him and his disciples started doing the place up, you know, moving in there. And they created this commune, this little sort of spiritual commune, where they um, did the, like their meditations and they practiced... Pseudoscience basically, you know. Okay, that's um, come up a few times in our podcast. Yeah, pseudoscience. yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, and they were quite happy, they were, they were keeping themselves to themselves, just living their merry lives, just doing their little pseudoscience, um, meditation experiments and stuff like that, you know. Okay, seeing how like spirituality can, um, affect Scientific results, I guess. So
2: is it almost like a yoga retreat before they were called yoga retreats? Sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah like kind
1: of like that. The
2: kind of place you go to, you chill out, do a bit of yoga, and get in tune with yourself and help each other out. Yeah.
1: But obviously, he was quite confident that what he was doing was a science because obviously he called it Moorish Science Ashram. So, you know, over the years, He did manage to attract a few people. You know, more more and more disciples started joining his little commune. And two of them uh, were called Frank and Althea Dobbs. They were twins. And they were actually proper scientists. Or or trying Ah. to be proper scientists. What had actually happened with those was they'd got kicked out of Princeton University. um, And... It's it's quite strange the reason why they got kicked out because they had created this Institute of Chaos Studies and they were doing their chaos studies while they were at Princeton University and the science department did not like it at all. You know they're going for their PhD or whatever. you yeah, know yeah. And the science department called it seditious nonsense and oh. kicked them out. Wow,
2: okay, so conflict of interest kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, well, obviously, the, the Princeton University just thought it was pseudoscience. You know, there's no real scientific merit to anything mm. that they were doing. Yeah. Um, and, and just said, look, you're not really welcome here on your way. So they went and found the Moorish Science Ashram commune at Ong's Hat and they moved in there made their own little um, building, I guess, one of the huts that was there. And they set up the the Institute of Chaos Studies at Ong's Hat and started collaborating with the Moorish Science Ashram. Okay. Pitching their various different skills together, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, And uh, they they were very interested in um, quantum physics. They wanted to get into... The very small, okay. and so they created a machine that they called the Egg. Mate, I have to, I have to just say,
2: <laughs> you always surprise me with the names of the people. <laughs> they always seem to have names that don't seem like names. What was right. it, Walt, Walter, Wa- Wally Fard, Wally Fard? Yeah. And now they've got a, some sort of technology device
1: called the Egg. The Egg. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, no, this gets even <laughs> even more ludicrous. Oh, the, wow. The egg was made out of a sensory deprivation chamber. Yeah. You know, the things that you fill with water and you float in and you, you're meant to just, like, in complete darkness and, and, and you deprive yourself from all sensory input. Well, they created this egg out of one of those. They modified it so it would so like, like you put on a helmet... Uh, um, that would do weird stuff, uh, you know. They could monitor your brain waves and that sort of thing. But the the idea of this egg was they wanted to study. Or th- th- what they wanted to do was to be able to shrink someone down <laughs> right. to the subatomic level. Yeah, yeah, I'm following. So here. so that they could actually experience and observe. Uh, the point where a wave becomes a particle, and in physics, this is known as the collapse of the wave function.
2: Okay. Are now, we talking waves as in like frequencies, like yeah, radio yeah, sound waves, waves yeah.
1: radio waves, yeah. yeah, yeah, even light waves and everything like that? Um, because, uh, well, have you ever heard of the double slit experiment? <laughs> no. Right. This this is kind of philosophy and science all mixed together, but um the thing in like um quantum physics and that uh scientists have created this experiment where imagine you've got a, a like a, a wall or a, a board or something and it's got two slits cut in it. Mhm. Yeah. Now you've got a point of light on one side of it and a like a, a camera sensor on the other side of it. Mhm. And if they fire one single proton at the card, through the card, now, a light wave will travel through both slits at the same time. Yeah. And then project a very uh, observable pattern on the sensor behind, mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah. You'll see those slits repeated <laughs> as the waves cross each other and, and and what you'd see on the sensor is probably about five or six different slits yeah. where, where the light's hitting it. That only happens when you're not looking at it. If you're actually observing it at the time that you fire that single proton through the slits, it'll only go through one or the other. Wow. Okay. okay. This is this is why people say that if you say you understand um, this kind of uh, uh, oh my god the words just gone clean out of my head uh, quantum physics yeah okay uh, they say if you understand quantum physics you don't understand quantum physics because of experiments like this because it just doesn't you know it, it actually the results alter dependent on whether they're being observed or not. All of this quantum physics stuff is all based on that sort of thing, and this is what they were trying to do. They wanted to physically shrink themselves down to subatomic levels so that they could actually observe this happening, where the collapse of the wave function, so they can actually see whether oh. it is a wave or a particle. Okay, I'm with you. I'm yeah? actually with you. Yeah, you've now, down. we're going to debunk that because it's impossible to do that. <laughs> I was thinking that. Right. Like you imagine. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cuz you imagine right. Let's think about it, right. Everything's made up of atoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an atom is made up of protons and electrons. Uh the protons are in the middle and the electrons orbit. Yeah. Kind of like imagine the sun is the proton and the planets are the electrons. Mm-hmm. That's how it that's kind of how it goes. Now, if you were to take a proton and blow it up to the size of a double-decker London bus, and sit it in the middle of London, in Piccadilly Square, Yeah. Piccadilly Circus. Right, the electrons that are orbiting it would be orbiting around about out by the M twenty-five. You know, miles yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. So that's how much space is in an atom—empty space. Mm. So ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of your body is actually empty space. Sure, that's hard to wrap my head around. Yeah, it's weird, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? What okay. do you think? but um, So these guys, uh, Frank and Althea Dobbs, they were trying to figure out a way to shrink the amount of space in the atom, collapse the atom in on itself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that you could shrink down to that subatomic level. But like I say, it's impossible, because when that atom is... As the electrons are orbiting the proton if you're trying to in, uh, decrease the distance between the electron and the proton it's going to orbit a lot 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 faster wow okay it takes energy that it hasn't got yeah so it's, it's you know it's kind of impossible and also if if you were able to manage to remove that empty space from the atoms and compress them all down what you've effectively done is crushed yourself into being in essence what a black hole is yeah Okay. Also,
2: surely if... I mean, there's no way of doing it. But if you were to shrink yourself down to that size, Mm -hmm. you're going to have problems trying to get back to bigger size as well.
1: Yeah. But But on a more fundamental basis, you're never ever going to be able to get subatomic because it's the atom that you're trying to shrink that extra space out. You can't get smaller than the atoms that make you up. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that makes more sense.
2: Yeah, you can't, can you? It's just not going to work. Yeah, it's insane. So it's
1: not going to work. But they tried it. How? What did they try it with? Well, with the egg. <laughs> they, 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 you know, they, they thought they were serious scientists and they tried it. And um, they got a volunteer to get into this egg and they were going to shrink him down to see if he could find this particle uh, wave function. The collapse collapse of it. I'm on Team Princeton now. (laughs) They activated the machine, Mm -hmm. and it didn't shrink. Oh, no. Do you know what it did? (laughs) It disappeared completely. What did? The egg. (laughs) The the egg, the whole machine, the whole sensory deprivation chamber thing that they called the egg, disappeared in front of their eyes, and obviously they didn't expect this. They thought that they'd see it get smaller. They didn't think that it'd just vanish. So they were in absolute turmoil. For seven minutes, it was completely gone.
2: Okay. And then it
1: suddenly reappeared. With the man inside? man got out with a massive great beaming smile. And he had a story of what had happened to him. In that, when he got out of the egg, after it had disappeared, he found himself... In the Pine Barrens forest, exactly the same area, but there were no huts around. Ong's hat had completely disappeared, and as he mm. ventured out further, he couldn't find any traces of civilization at all. It was as though he'd oh. been transported to a different dimension where humans had not evolved. So, would he have gone back in time? In no, no. I, I think it was in the same time. Oh, okay. Because he said all the animals were the same, all the trees and everything were pretty much the same as how it was around the, the village. Mm. But he was just in a place that was completely devoid of human life. That's so strange. I don't know how long he actually claimed to be there. It may have been just that seven minutes, or it may, he may have been there a week on his own, you know, and then yeah. come back and it had only been seven minutes of our time or whatever. But This is what he claimed. So they, they started you know carrying on this experiment see, seeing what it was like in this alternate dimension mhm and 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 like i say they 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 put out these leaflets you know oh. to welcoming people telling people what was going on out there getting it like published in like these different magazines and stuff like paranormal magazines and stuff they were starting to attract some attention mhm unfortunately not long after this a nuclear power station close by had a bit of an accident. Not a lot, not like a meltdown or nothing, but there, there was an emergency, no. and like government was called in, and they wanted the Ong's Hat, the, the, this um, uh, Institute of Chaos Studies and the Moorish Science Ashram, to vacate the area, and they started leaning on them quite heavy. You know, mm. getting more and more aggressive with their yeah their approach. So rather than pack up and move to a different location, they decided they were going to move dimension. So they loaded up all their gear into the egg and off they went, mate. What, all of them? Yeah, all of them. And literally, the only thing they left was the little wooden hut that they'd been working out of to start with. And they all disappeared to this other dimension. And apart from the the odd leaflet and stuff that they'd actually... Sent telling their story,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, they, 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 they said that they do occasionally come back, mostly for things like computers and books and and large amounts of coffee. You, you know, that's what scientists live on, isn't it? Yeah. Books, computers and coffee. Uh, and, and that was it. Nobody ever seen or heard of them ever again. Wow. Still to this day? To this day. I have so many questions. This okay. is nuts. What is your first question?
2: My first question is I'm guessing it was several trips. They couldn't have all fit into the egg. Oh, no, well,
1: no. It's a sensory deprivation chamber, isn't it? So they would have only had to load have dismantle things and load it up, you know, yeah, trip after trip after trip, sending this stuff all, 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 into another dimension. And obviously, I don't know hmm. how they powered their computers when they got there because there wouldn't be any electric. Yeah. And this is, this is the whole crazy thing. I mean, like, these people were living in the 80s,
0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in-between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
1: Oh, 1980s. And can you imagine why, what, would, what would inspire a bunch of scientists... That are used to our way of life, and when we have like electricity and hot and cold running water and stuff like mm. that, to literally go back to being hunter gatherers or cavemen. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it makes it sound kind of unbelievable, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you I'd know say why so. that is? Because it didn't happen. Yeah. Because it's yeah, it's completely made <laughs> oh. up. <isn't> <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, that was a good story though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That is like a sci-fi film. Yeah, in actual fact, this was a story that was authored by Peter Wilson in 1988. It was published in a magazine called Edge Detection. Okay? Okay. So, yeah, it was completely made up. And um, I'm not sure. It might have been like a, a collaboration, Peter Wilson, with a good friend of his called Joseph Matheny. Joseph Matheny uh, is, is known as the story's primary creator. Yeah? Right. Okay. Uh, he was a writer from Chicago, and he was really big into like alternate reality and, and games to that effect. And he thought this was just... I mean, this being the 80s, before the age of the internet, and mm. you know, a lot of computer games were very, very simple. He thought this was quite a good game to do. So it was actually him... Joseph Matheny that had gone around the coffee shops just leaving these leaflets out, putting them inside newspapers and leaving them on magazine racks oh. and stuff for people to find just because he wanted to make this hype. Oh, so he actually did do that then? He yeah. He went around with the leaflets and stuff. Yeah. And
2: so the people that gathered were real?
1: Yeah. But the yeah, actual... oh People even to this day will uh, want uh, they travel and walk the uh, Batona Trail... Okay. Um, which goes I believe through Wong's hat or very near it, and people even to this day all all over the from come from all over the world to to walk the Patona trail and see if they can pick up some vibes or you know find this portal to another dimension. It still goes on, people still believe this story, and the reason why is because. In the late nineteen nineties, obviously the internet started taking off. Yeah. And Joseph Matheny thought that this was this would be a great thing for the internet. You know, the early internet forums, you know, pages where people were discussions and that sort of thing. And he published it everywhere. And this story became the very first viral internet hoax. Damn. Okay. That is quite an accolade, huh?
2: Yeah, and this is as the internet is being born, kind of thing. The the start. Yeah,
1: very early internet. Not like what we know nowadays with like Facebook and Amazon and all that mm. sort of thing. These were very basic web pages. You could only use like what, sixteen colors on them or whatever at the time. Yeah, you know, it, it was very, 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 very basic. But that, that's what he did, and he he had interviews and stuff. Uh, uh, about the story and he always claimed in his interviews that it was just it, it was just a game and it was all in good fun it was just you know a, a bit of a mystery for people to try and solve or to try and be involved with
2: oh, I get you he yeah. never
1: ever thought it was like serious
2: yeah I see I'm getting the same vibes as like the Dybbuk box where the guy just admitted yeah like, kind of like that yeah, yeah it's all a fl- well, false it's,
1: thing but they designed it to be um Kind of like, do you know? do oh, you know um, the show Black Mirror? Yeah, I love Netflix. it. Absolutely how, love it. How that's kind of like close, almost normal. Yeah, you know, or very believable, but not quite. It would set in the very near future, mm-hmm. or, or an alternate dimension, or something like that. that's yeah. what he was aiming for. Or like, um, I got my notes, Creepy Pasta. Have you ever heard of Creepy Pasta? Yeah, it's again, they're stories that are, are mm. so close to reality that you you believe them. Even though they're completely untrue, and that's what he was trying yeah. to create. Oh, my! Yeah, and it kind of backfired on him. Oh no! <laughs> because eventually, obviously, you know, he, he was kind of leaving clues, and you know, uh, a, a little paper trail, if you like, of, of things that. To, to make give people the idea that it was actually just a game and it wasn't real, uh, in one I think I believe in one of the like um, magazines or something where he he put one of these uh, parts of the story in there. Uh, there was uh, an article called "I Survived Ong's Hat," and the picture of the family that was featured in this I Survived Ong's hat was actually the Brady Bunch. He oh, right. <laughs> literally took a picture of the Brady Bunch and stuck it on his article. You know, So if people couldn't figure out that it was fake, he was kind of like, well, you know... You, yeah. just he wasn't hiding it. No, it was... but some people really did believe it. They called themselves eggheads. <laughs> wow. And when he came out and actually said, look, no, this isn't real, we made it all up, it's just a story. Yeah. They literally went mental at him. They didn't believe him. They were following him round. They honestly even started camping out in his front garden. He had to escort some people away at gunpoint to get rid of them. This is nuts. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So in the end, in 1999, he ended up releasing a, publishing a book called Ong's Hat – the beginning where we literally just put it all there in black and white this is how we came up with the story this is how we did mm-hmm. it this is you know these were the steps that we took these are the coffee shops that we laid up you yeah.
2: know uh,
1: it's, it, it, people got even more infuriated and they still believed it yeah they still believed it that makes zero sense and he was just getting harassed left right and center online and offline even in real life <laughs> that is
2: so insane to me that a guy can make something up, tell you I made the whole thing up, show you how, why, if, when, all these things, and say it is fake, and you still have people getting angry, say, no,
1: it's real. It's yeah. Like, he's the one that made it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So even releasing a book, telling people how fake it was, they mm. weren't believing him. So he thought, you know, if you can't beat them join them <laughs> So he actually then went online and issued a public statement saying well you might be kind of right because they were like oh it must be a government conspiracy they're trying to shut him up they're trying to make it, you know trying to make him say that it's fake when it's not yeah. and so he just played devil's advocate he was like yeah yeah the government had been uh, on my back and stuff and you know it might actually be true um <laughs> at least you know now i can get on with my life and that sort of thing wow <laughs> that was easier for him to so, carry on the line yeah and yeah. that's kind of what he, what he does uh, ever since then it, 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 he'll quite o- openly say that it was a story he made it all up mm. and then he'll go but did I? <laughs> <laughs> this guy. so playing... even to this day I mean I, I, I believe that this is a made up story I believe yeah. that he made it up but honestly even to this day he's still winding out the the wolf, you know, he's leaving that yeah. trail, just leaving seeds of, of misinformation. If people want to believe it, they can believe it and I'll let them. Yeah. You know?
2: He's playing tiddlywinks with our hearts. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Um, can I ask why it's called Ong's Hat?
1: I'm glad you asked that because that in its own self is quite a, a funny story. See, Ong's Hat, obviously, when we go back to, the, like, the 1860s that like I said about before, where mm-hmm. it was, like, a bootlegging community of moonshine makers and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. There was uh, a man. i just can turn my page over to make sure I get his first name right. Yeah, his name was Jacob Ong. Jacob Ong. Yeah. Okay. It's a, kind of a weird last name, isn't it? Ong. I don't think I've ever heard of it before. Yeah, it sounds Japanese to me. Yeah, right. I don't, I'm not sure what his. Well, obviously he was American, but um, but yeah, he was apparently a very vain man, or what maybe what they call metrosexual these days. You <laughs> right, know, where Yeah. He'd take massive care in his appearance. You know, he'd always got lovely quaffered hair, and Cumberbunk. the nicest clothes. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, he he was a bit of a man about the town. He he loved his self-image, and um, while he was well, no, uh, his prized possession, if you like, was this silk-made, hardened silk top hat. Proper top hat, re- yeah, proper nice top hat, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he he'd just walk about the town, um, just you know lording it over everybody, you know, I'm better than thou sort of thing. Right, yeah. And, 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 he, and he was a bit of a winner with the ladies for, for this reason. And uh, allegedly, one night when he was at a local dance, he'd been flirting with one of the local girls and then continued, left her alone, continued on to start flirting with another of the local mm. girls. And the first girl got very, very jealous Yeah, And she ripped his prized possession straight off his head, slammed it on the ground and stamped all over it, ruining the hat. His favourite hat. His favourite hat. And he got in such a huff, he took a real sulk, he picked his hat up and he said, well, I can't wear that anymore. And he threw it into a tree. Where it remained, apparently, for several years and everybody just kind of Knew that started calling the place. Oh, that's Ong's hat. That's where Ong Ah. threw his hat in the tree, and the town actually then became known as Ong's hat.
2: That's quite clever.
1: And now, obviously, that's transferred to this legend that is also now known as Ong's hat. Wow.
2: So let me summarise this up. You have a a, my bad (laughs) microphone You have a carpet salesman. Mm-hmm. That then, does he just come across Ong's hat?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess he's looking for someone to settle down, settle and, he, down. and obviously the the spiritual rhythms were more than he could. Uh... Yeah. So they called out to him. He finds
2: Ong's hat. He starts up a company called the Chaos Theory. No, that's the
1: the, the Moorish Science Ashram. Oh, that's it. They up. give give me that, more. That was science. his little commune. Yeah.
2: They teamed up with the the Chaos Institute. Yeah. Yeah. They then built this thing called the egg. Yeah. Because they wanted to shrink themselves down to smaller than an atom to find the wave. Collapse of the wave. Collapse of the wave for science. Yeah. But instead, they shrunk, well, the the thing just disappeared into another dimension. Seven minutes so then they were pressurised into leaving the area yeah. so they said fine we will but well, we're going to go to the, do- the other dimension yeah. so they packed up their things and they went back to you know prehistoric days basically with... <laughs> yeah turned themselves into cave dwellers <laughs> and then it turns out that this whole thing was a story and this guy's story people don't believe him that it's a story so then he comes out with another book in 1999 explaining that he made the whole thing up and every detail about it the people got even angrier so then he switches sides yeah. and says i'm going to go double down on this and it could be the government
1: so does it end there is he still that that is the end that is the end of my tale basically that that is my presentation which side of it do you believe do you believe that he made it up the story or do you believe that he made up the conspiracy, or do you think it is a conspiracy? Right, so so to current day, to, yeah. to now, that's where we're at, is
2: do you still have people thinking, yeah, this happened? Yeah. And is, is the author still around and everything? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's still alive, yeah. So he is still, like you said, going, or well, did I? Well, yeah. did I make it up? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is one hell of a tale. There are so many twists and turns. I didn't know where we were going with it. There was eggs involved. (laughs) I'll tell you what. One thing is for sure. I said at the start, I'm not sure about the chaos. That was
1: very chaotic. It's chaotic. That is chaos. Yeah. You know what? So I mean, we might as well bring this to the paranormality scale. I
2: think it's a very cool story. Believability. I mean, the fact that the guy has said it was made up I have to kind of believe the same as you where I don't think it happened. Right. But I find it so hilarious that people get angry that it's made up and they still believe in something. Yeah.
1: So I suppose this is kind of a a mixture between the believability of it and how much you like it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It kind of of reminds me of Flat Earth in a way where (laughs) you have people doing experiments and proving it that the, what the earth is a globe mm. but people are still like no just ignore that the earth's flat and yeah. it doesn't matter what you say they're still going to believe that the earth is yeah, flat yeah and that's what
1: these eggheads are like yeah you know, they just won't accept any other theory other than that it happened
2: you know what I think a light bulb has gone off in my head where I actually find that quite amusing and now I'm not as angry at flat earthers as I once was <laughs> I now actually think that's quite funny because they're just kind of trolling everyone, aren't they? Yeah, kind of, You know what? I'm not going to beat around the bush anymore. So Five is down the middle. Yeah. (laughs) I I love the story, so I'm going to give it a little bit extra. Yeah. But because it got debunked and the guy is, well, not officially debunked, but the guy has said it's all... Made up and everything, you've got to take some away. Yeah. So that draws me to the conclusion.
1: I'm gonna give it a five, just straight down the middle, straight down. Yeah. The middle. So I was thinking six point three. Okay. Just for the entertainment value of it, I'm just giving it that little bit more. I'm not not saying that I yeah, actually believe the the story of the egg and the interdimensional travel and all that sort of thing, but I think it's a very yeah. clever story to come up with. To start with. It was and to do it in hoax. the 80s, 1980s, just with photocopied pamphlets. Yeah. And then for that to go on, to become the very first internet viral hoax. It's clever. Yeah, that is actually.
2: I didn't take any of that into account. And so it that's was what very... I'm saying,
1: I'm saying a 6.3. I don't believe the story at all, but I'm yeah. giving it that credence just because I think it's so clever and I wish I'd come up with it myself. And it was
2: very entertaining and you... You know what? Credit to you. You did explain some very scientific things there. Yeah. So simple minded people like me that wouldn't understand. You actually broke it down in a way that's very good. Oh, like thank I, you. I actually got to the I could see where you were going and yeah, what you were yeah. saying. So I will take that into account as well. You know what? You've you've changed my mind, you've swayed me a little bit. For you, I will go I'll give it I'll give it a five point nine. Okay. I think that's fair.
1: That's okay, fair. Yeah, okay. So that'd be a six point one average.
2: Yeah, I think that's
1: fair. What I say
2: I love, I love the story. I love what you did. Very entertaining. But there is that thing that <laughs> I'm just like, I wish the guy would have just not said he made it up and just carried on with it. I would have yeah. found that more funny and more entertaining. I, I think that guy's great. Whoever he is, what was his name? <laughs>
1: um, it was Joseph Matheny.
2: Yeah. Fair play to him. He's one of my new heroes, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have a different opinion on Flat Earthers now. Like I say, I don't believe in it, but <laughs> I now have a new appreciation for that kind of like entertainment and trolling yeah. and stuff. It's not hurting anyone, is it? It's it's clearly a bit of a laugh, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what he said. It was all all designed to be in good fun and good humour.
2: Yeah. oh I've swayed again I've swayed again mate I'm going to have to give it a 6.4 6.4 yeah because that's my kind of prank and entertainment kind of thing Like, I, I suppose it is isn't I it? really yeah. I admire that kind of like especially a joke that's been going on multiple years oh, decades <laughs> like now, decades yeah. <laughs> I actually think that's really good. The more I think about it, the more I'm breaking it down in my head, the more I actually like it. So, yeah, I'll, so I'll stick with would, a 6. Okay, 4. so
1: that would give us an average of 6.35, then. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that guy. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. So, if you at home have an uh, interdimensional travelling egg, uh, write into <laughs> us. Let us know. We want to know. Have you actually made it up, though? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> If you collect eggs and have a dozen eggs, let us know. Let us, yeah, <laughs> let us know. Write in paranormality.uk at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok. And you can come and join us. Our favorite place, which is Discord. You'll find a link down in the description of wherever you find this podcast. And uh, yeah, hat all the way. I love this yeah. story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just such a funny one. It tickled me. And I knew you'd never find it.
2: <laughs> no, no, I've never heard of that but I'm really glad you brought that to the to the listeners well, and to great. myself like yeah. <laughs> it was different and it's it's still bugging me now because the, the, I'm still chuckling at it because the more I'm thinking about the lengths that he went through oh yeah. to, and the flip-flopping of his opinions and things and I just imagine just a group of people wearing all like white linen coming after him like the Clue Clubs (laughs) yeah (laughs) just like they've got pitchforks and they're like it's real it's real and it's like oh wait no not the Clue Clubs clan no no more like more like Jesus Robes oh right right." okay jeez (laughs) (laughs) no definitely not No, that's what I was envisioning, like um, robes and things and right. like, being real hippies Oh, yeah, because the commune and the, the hippie yeah, type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah fair Like
1: enough. a cult just being like,
2: no, it's real. And it's like, well, let, I... let us know
1: what you think at home. Do you believe the story of the egg and the Ong's hat dimensional travel? Or do you think that it is just a story that was made up by a couple of intelligent people? Let us know. Um, and until next time, I've been Pirate. I'm Josh. this has been Paranormality UK.